This is Bigger Pockets Daily, your daily dose of real estate information and education. I'm your host, Tyler, and the article I'm about to share is one of more than 10,000 blog articles available on BiggerPockets.com. But you can't read the blog when you're working out or driving to look at a property. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's becoming a buyer's market, but it's still not easy to buy. By Andrew Sirios. The economy is beginning to stall as the Fed has repeatedly increased its discount rate over the past few months to fight inflation. As Jerome Powell put it, we have got to get inflation behind us, even if the chances of a soft landing are likely to diminish. Inflation did edge down last month and has possibly peaked. Unfortunately, if it has peaked, it is likely because we are on the edge of or in a recession. Mass layoffs have been announced at multiple large companies, 11,000 at Facebook, 10,000 at Amazon, etc., and new housing starts have plummeted. A survey by the National Association of Business Economics found 72% of economists predict a recession in 2023 and one with high unemployment, unlike the technical recession of Q1-Q2 2022. And the Bloomberg economics model puts the odds at 100%. So, we can expect relatively high inflation and a recession in 2023, while interest rates on the average 30-year mortgage have more than doubled over the past year. While a housing crash like 2008 is extremely unlikely, real estate prices have already started to decline. At least month-over-month prices have, and needless to say, this isn't a particularly ideal market to be buying in. 
And we should remember that historically speaking, the Federal Reserve's discount rate as of this podcast, 4%, is still low by historical standards. On the other hand, housing prices have gone up substantially faster than inflation. Bill McBride at Calculated Risk has put together a housing affordability index that takes into account median income, housing price, and interest rates. He shows that housing is as unaffordable as it's been just before, since just before the Great Recession, and that was back in July. It's certainly gotten worse in the past few months, but even still, affordability is better than it was back when Volcker broke the back of inflation in 1982 by jacking interest rates through the roof. So how should investors approach this volatile real estate market? Well, as I like to say, every market has pluses and minuses. In a buyer's market, it's easy to buy, not sell. In a seller's market, it's easy to sell, not buy. In this odd market, creativity could be the key. But first, let's look at the straightforward advice for flippers and homeowners. Advice for flippers and wholesalers. Six months ago, the market was on fire, and assuming you could find a motivated seller or value-add property, it wasn't usually tough to find an end buyer for it. That is rapidly starting to shift, and it's likely to shift more. For flippers who need to rehab a property and won't likely list it for sale again for two to six months, you should assume the market will be worse than it is now. It would be wise to reduce your maximum acceptable offer from 5 to 10% as a contingency. Wholesalers need to realize they need a better deal than in the past to entice end buyers. In addition to lowering your offers, you should also consider asking for longer closing times as it may take longer to find one. And, of course, you should be honest and open about what you're doing with the seller. Don't pretend you're the end buyer. Need to move? Rent your home. Whether you are a real estate investor or not, if you own your home and need to move for work or other reasons, selling your home is just not the way to go. Instead, it makes a little bit more sense to rent out your current home and then rent where you are moving, assuming it doesn't make sense or is unaffordable to buy there. Indeed, rent prices were quite the roller coaster the past year. While this will make it less profitable to rent out your current property, it will also make it much more affordable to find a place to rent where you're going, and the benefits of holding real estate accrue over time, whereas renting is temporary. Whenever rates go back down, you can simply buy a home where you have moved to. Although I know that makes for a lot of moving, and moving sucks. It's the price we pay for financial freedom. Subject 2 and Seller Financing The last time we had high interest rates, and again, they were much higher than now, was in the 1970s and early 80s, and that was when seller financing first became popular. As interest rates make traditional lending options less attractive, seller financing can again become a useful tool. One of the best groups to market to is those without any debt on their properties. About 37% of homeowners have no mortgage. For such owners, seller financing at a lower interest rate can be an important point of negotiation. Indeed, many such owners are older and would rather have a stream of income than a lump sum. Subject 2 deals is an even more attractive possibility. Subject 2 means you buy the property subject to the existing financing. In other words, the seller's name stays on the mortgage, but the buyer begins making the mortgage payments. 
It should be noted that this technically triggers the due-on-sale clause in every bank's mortgage documents. This would give the lender the right to foreclose. And while it's rare they do this, it's something you need to be aware of. The vast majority of mortgages these days are fixed rate, and most were taken out between 18 and 2022 when rates were very low. Being subject to one of these low-interest loans is an enormous boon. Remember, a great deal can be made with terms. It isn't all about the price. One other point to be mindful of here is that the last time Subject 2 deals was popular was shortly after the housing crash in 2008 when credit markets were tight. The advantage was predominantly that it allowed a buyer to purchase the property without much cash down or without having to seek a bank loan. Today, the advantage has to do with the interest rates of the loans. That means most buyers will want to hold those loans for a long time and likely the duration. The seller will likely not be okay with this, especially since being stuck with a mortgage in their name could interfere with a future attempt to get a new mortgage on a different property. You should be honest and forthright about how long you intend to hold the loan in their name and stick to your word. Cash Purchases and Partners When interest rates are high, cash is king. Of course, have money isn't particularly helpful advice. But even if you don't have money, that doesn't mean you can't buy with cash. Whereas private loans may have been the best way to raise money a few years ago, partnerships may be more enticing now. For example, you do the work and bring the deal, the partner brings the cash, and you split the deal. You can find such partners the same way you would find private lenders. For these, the pitch should include a plan to refinance with a bank loan and pay off most of the equity partner's investment whenever rates come back down. Buying portfolios. This one is a bit more speculative, but we have seen a notable uptick in the number of sellers liquidating portfolios of houses and small multifamilies. Indeed, we have purchased four such portfolios in 2022 alone and have sort of made this our specialty. From what I can tell, a combination of reasons have led to this, which I believe are many owners of portfolios, particularly between 5 and 30 units, couldn't keep up with rent increases over the past few years and now have quite under-rented portfolios, which they don't want to deal with. In this interest rate environment, it doesn't make sense to refinance and it would be difficult and take a long time to sell many scattered sites individually. The general difficulty of managing a group of spread-out houses and small multifamily units. I should also point out that they usually sell these portfolios at significant discounts. The four we bought this year were, from my estimates, between 75 to 80% of their value. If you are fairly well-established and can handle low cash flow on a newer purchase for the immediate future while you get the rents up, this could be an opportunity to explore. And let's wrap things up for today. It's important to remember that every real estate market has its advantages and disadvantages. When it's hard to find good deals, it's usually easy to sell. The same goes for a market teetering on the edge of a recession with high inflation and high interest rates. You just might have to be a bit more creative. Oh, I hope you found this article helpful. If you're looking for more content like this, visit biggerpockets.com today to set up a free account. I'll talk to you tomorrow.